Welcome to The World in 10, the top global stories told by the Times of London in a handy 10-minute podcast. I'm Rebecca Myers. And I'm Stuart Willey. Today, what's going on with General Armageddon? The problem of too many foreigners in Italian museums and the reluctant VIP staying aboard his private jet. We begin with a Times exclusive, news of China's industrial-level spying on the West. One Chinese spy targeted thousands of officials. Here's the Times chief reporter, Fiona Hamilton. Western security services believe that this spy under the alias Robert Zhang and a handful of others that we've revealed today was effectively it became his day job at uh, Beijing's main spy agency, contacting British and other Western officials from all sorts of sensitive sectors, defence, political, scientific and academic, to try and lure people over to spill secrets. As well as asking for secrets, this person wanted to build influence in the West to change government policies. And he usually started at a social media site that many of us will be familiar with. Uh, there's quite a sort of basic modus operandi that that was used by uh, Zhang and indeed others from China and other hostile states, which is to get in touch with people, uh, a very basic approach over ordinarily LinkedIn, because of course that is where business people go to do their business. It might be an offer to go to a conference, uh, to write a report on bilateral relations, uh, contact I spoke to, talked about being asked to write a uh, a counter-terrorism report or other material. And it's just a very gently spun web, apparently, where you can you can be lured in. You might be invited to China. At that point, there might be uh, more attempts to give, give you cash or perhaps coerce you by other means. And it's just a softly, softly approach. And that approach had success, whether he was using cash or flattery. At times, he could be sloppy, using stock photo profile pictures or being pushy. One Australian man who was targeted is in prison, waiting for trial after writing reports in exchange for envelopes of cash. Intelligence gathering is becoming a hot-button issue between America and China. And the British intelligence agency MI5 has launched an app to help likely targets identify some of the telltale signs of spying. But it doesn't seem to be a problem going away anytime soon. With the Times digital subscription, you can read more on the work of foreign spooks and how you can spot if malicious actors are in your inbox. One man who really seems to enjoy a red carpet welcome is India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. In recent months, he was welcomed with a red carpet at the White House, the most glitzy state dinner of Biden's presidency, and an address to both houses of Congress. In France, he saluted troops in the massive Bastille Day military parade. South African media today are reporting that Mr Modi refused to get off his plane onto the red carpet at an Air Force base because the cabinet minister there to greet him was not senior enough. Earlier, the president of China, Xi Jinping, had been greeted personally by South Africa's president. Eventually, the South African deputy president was dispatched and India's prime minister left the aircraft, his official social media account posting a brief video of that walk along the red carpet. And all of these world leaders are in South Africa for a summit of the BRIC countries. It's Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. And here's Mr Modi speaking at the meeting. Excellency, Bharat, BRICS ki He's saying India fully supports expansion of the bloc to include more countries and that expansion will create opportunities and shape the future. 
Expansion is a big topic this week. The presidents of Russia and China are keen to expand BRICS, seen as dominated by the West. And many leaders of the two dozen or so countries that could join are there too, including the Iranian leader and Indonesian president. Saudi Arabia and Belarus are also keen to join. One leader who's not there in person, Russia's President Putin, looming over the summit, virtually. He's speaking on big video screens as worries over whether South Africa would have to arrest him for war crimes kept him from travelling to the summit. That's the voice of Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of the Wagner Group, who has been seen giving his first video address since his failed mutiny in Russia. In that video, which surfaced a day ago, Prigozhin mentions it's 50 degrees, 122 Fahrenheit, and suggests he's in Africa. But as we record this podcast, Russian authorities are saying he may be dead. Russia's emergency ministry reporting a plane has crashed between Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yevgeny Prigozhin was said to be on board. It all adds further mystery to what has happened to the major figures in that rebellion involving Prigozhin's Wagner private military company back in June. There have been conflicting stories about where and what will happen to the mercenaries. And questions remain over Sergei Sirovkin, the general who was in charge of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He's also known as General Armageddon. Today, there are reports he's been officially dismissed as head of the country's aerospace forces. Now, you can follow all the latest on this developing story at thetimes.co.uk. A junior culture minister in Italy has said that the top jobs in the country's most famous art galleries will be reserved for Italians. Vittorio Scarbi said a season is over and that outgoing foreign talent should be replaced by Italians in major roles. Why should I appoint a foreign director at the Uffizi, he asked, speaking about the Florence Gallery. You know, he said basically, have you ever seen a foreigner run the Louvre? I have not seen a foreigner run the Louvre, but the culture minister, his boss, has tempered this position slightly, saying he doesn't want to discriminate against foreigners and won't rule out hiring them. But he did point out that the top 12 cultural institutions in the country were run by non-Italians when his government took power. And the Times correspondent in Rome, Tom Kington, said these comments from ministers are on brand for the Italian government. Well, I think it it fits a trend that um, this Italian government led by Giorgio Maloney is is really looking to make its mark on everything in a kind of patriotic, nationalistic yeah. way. Um, so it's taken over the state TV network and it's putting in handpicked managers at the moment who have, I think, been given the job of introducing programming, which is a bit more kind of pro-Italian. Um, and, and here we have the same thing going on in culture. The minister, San Giuliano, who spoke in the past about um, kind of getting culture back. He wants to, he wants to sort of win, win it over for the right because he feels that the, the left in Italy has dominated culture from TV to cinema to art for far too long. So, you know, they're, they're trying to get this, this sort of intangible culture victory going. Why are Saudi Arabia and America fighting over some of the world's most famous footballers? This is a question Helen Rumbelow tackles in her article on the Times website today. 
Helen, tell us a bit about the idea for this piece. Where did this come from? Well, yeah, we started to see lots of photos popping up of David and his wife, Victoria Beckham, with really the great and the good and the not so good of popular culture. You know, every celebrity from uh, Reese Witherspoon to Nicole Kidman to LeBron James, you know. And we started to think, what's going on here? Is it somehow connected to the decision of Lionel Messi to come to his football club at Inter Miami. You joke in the piece about a cool war, but it, there is a kind of wider like geopolitics almost at play, especially with some players have moved obviously to Saudi Arabia, which is starting a pro league over there. Yes, I mean, I know we're being kind of fun about this issue, but there is something deeper going on here, which is that um, these slightly um, ageing footballers, I'm using that term relatively because they're in their 30s, <laughs> but they're slightly ageing in terms of their career. Footballers are being snapped up by Saudi Arabia for their league. And it's only really with the signing of Lionel Messi that America has had any kind of wins in terms of who is going to get the, the big names and the big players for their future leagues. And, you know, this sounds trivial and it sounds like maybe people just go where the money is, but there is actually something um, more cultural going on there. You know, these men have enormous influence over particularly young younger men who are their big fans. You know, that they have these huge followings on Instagram. And it's in some ways a battle for the kind of hearts and minds of, you know, where where are you going? Where where is your um image being projected out of? Is it Saudi Arabia with its very strict moral codes? Or is it somewhere like Miami, you know, where you play in pink and get to drink all night? It's a chance for us to think a little bit beyond the money and think what does Saudi Arabia represent and how completely contrary it is to the culture in Miami. That's super interesting. Thank you so much. Pleasure. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. There's much more on the next World in 10 tomorrow. See you then.